Welcome to From the Rookery End. We are outside Vicarage Road pre-match. Uh, my name's John. With me uh, is Colin. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And Michael. Balls. Balls <laughs> is what it is. I've worked out what it is. Watford don't like playing with the winter Premier League football. I reckon our bad run of form has coincided almost entirely with the use of that yellow ball. Well, well FA Cup third round, yeah. do we have a different colour ball today? A different branded ball? It won't be the yellow ball, so I reckon I'm, I'm buzzing. We're going to win this. Is it the pink ball? I don't care what it is, it's not that horrible yellow one, we're, gonna, we're nailed on for a win. We are outside uh, for what play Bristol City. Thank you very much to Andy Lewis, who did a little mini eight-minute podcast to his story of the trip up to Manchester City. We'll talk about that game and this Bristol City game uh, that we're stood outside in part two of this podcast. But it's the FA Cup third round, the classic hashtag, I'm sure is out somewhere there, of hashtag magic of the FA Cup. Mike, do you remember your first FA Cup experience? Yeah, I do, very, very well, Um, because I'm pretty sure it was the first ever Watford experience. Home to Walsall in an FA Cup replay in, I think, in 1987. Yeah. 86-87. 86. It was the 86-87 season. No, 86-87 season, my first one, and that was against Maidstone United. (laughs) Okay. Okay, well, someone will, will, will work that out. Mike was right. It was, in fact, in the 1986-87 season. I went to the third round game against Maidstone. He went to the fifth round replay against Warsaw. Point clarified. But yes, we're home to Warsaw. I think we ended up having two replays. This was the first one at home and it was 4-4. What an incredible introduction to um, to Watford and to football. Under the lights, Tuesday night. Eight goals. It's just incredibly fond memories of it. Mandy and my brother, we, we came with Dad. We stood at the front of the family terrace like so many of us. Brilliant introduction. And I just remember being absolutely gutted that we couldn't go to Walsall the, uh, the week after. I think Because I think the replay was actually on a Saturday. I think, I don't know. But really, I had the bug straight away. And I'm pretty sure it's all down to the, um, down to the FA Cup. So I, I absolutely adore this competition. Hello, Mike. Again, my first was 86-87 season. We had that run to the semi-final. We, we lost to Spurs in the semi. Mark Falco and uh, Malcolm Allen came on. Malcolm Allen was wearing number 13. Because back then, it was special because you got two substitutes in the FA Cup. Magical. Magical two subs. Crazy. Colin, when was yours? Well, uh, if we go back... Into... <laughs> so, my first... I think it might have, wasn't my first game, but it was certainly my first FA Cup experience. We drew Man United away in 68-69 in the fourth round. I don't know who we played in the third round. I was six. I don't remember. <laughs> I, it always annoys me when you hear people on the radio go, oh, yeah, I know my first game. Yeah, it was, uh, it was Preston away. It was 3-2. So, yeah, oh, you've looked it up. Yeah, you don't remember. You I know my one because I still got the programme. <laughs> you were seven years old. So uh, I had two older brothers. One was a, the oldest one was a Chelsea fan and the middle one was a Watford fan. And my mother used to take him to games here before I started going. And then we drew them, and she was desperate to go. My mum, she was football mad. So they queued up at like five in the morning here and got the tickets, paper tickets out of the little window. And they obviously had to get one for me because they couldn't, they didn't have anyone to leave me with. So I got dragged all the way to Old Trafford. And uh, my only memory of it, uh, which is fairly hazy, and I have looked at it on YouTube, Scullion scores an absolute worldie from about 30 yards, and my brother burst into tears. <laughs> it was after about five minutes. And my mum says, we come all this way, you know, why are you crying? And he said, because they're going to equalise. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I think Bobby Charlton stepped up and, and, and equalised, and then they came down here and hammered us. But I mean, yeah, it was, I, love, I love the FA Cup, and I, don't, I hate the fact that people talk about it as if somehow it's been lost. Well, yeah. what happens? I mean, it's like the thing, do you want to win the FA Cup? Of course you do. Uh, is it FA Cup important? Of course it is. Is it more important than the league? Is what it is. That's what it's come down to. And it, it, it no, got tarnished. No, I don't, but it got tarnished. But I think it got tarnished when Manchester United went, we're not going to be in there. We're going to go to this World well, Cup. 
club World Cup. Yeah, but you see, and like, that, I think that was the moment where it sort of did. What do you mean you disagree, Michael? Well, I don't agree. A, I don't agree with the fact that Man United tarnished it. I think they, it was handled badly. They could have played a, a different reserve, whatever. That could have been handled a lot better. I think the question is wrong. I don't think is it more important than the the Premier League? Is completely an incorrect framing of. And I know that's not you, your question. It's an incorrect framing of the tournament. It's completely different, and that's what's beautiful about it. That's what's absolutely. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a day we don't have to worry about league position. Um, and you just you can just go on, and all you all you're thinking about is the glory of potentially winning a, a silver pot at the end of the season at Wembley. And it's what the third round, so it's only a, a finite number of matches. If you win X amount of games, you win a trophy. Something absolutely fantastic about it. And I think as supporters. Just talking about my first experience, the FA Cup gave me everything I needed very, very quickly because the first away game I ever went to was that FA Cup semi-final against Tottenham. I might have shed a tear myself at that, <laughs> at that game. I was 10 years old and uh, I got hit on the head by a Spurs fan as they celebrated their first, second, third and fourth <laughs> goals in very, very short succession. So as a, so very quickly I'd had the wonderment of, the, of that, that four-all draw, then the, the, the reality, if you like, of that, of that crushing away win. It's a different thing. It's a different day. It feels different today, and you might argue it feels different because there's a, a smaller crowd and the atmosphere isn't quite as febrile as a as a Premier League game. But this is, so, and I think as supporters, we really have a a right to a, a, not a right a um, a responsibility, a duty to bang the drum for this tournament because it's you just you can let the shackles off. Anything I, I, can happen. I don't think it's necessary. I think people do bang the drum by coming. And uh, I was working out last night. I think there's 2,000 teams enter the FA Cup because if the Red Lion, which is just over there, had a team. They could enter yeah, yeah. the FA Cups. It starts in August. There's six preliminary rounds before you get to the first round. I think it's six or maybe seven, which I worked out is around about 2,000 teams in total. So everywhere in uh, over, in England over the last six months, teams have been playing in the FA Cup. Yeah. Now, we're, should... in the, we're in the Premier League, so we come into it now and we get very excited in October, November, who are we going to get, who are we going to get. I can't wait for the third round draw. Can't wait for the third round. But the reason that it's been denigrated is because of the bigger clubs, not all Premier League clubs and certainly not championship clubs, it's because the top four, five, six, whatever you want to call it, have, have got their eyes on the Champions League, which they consider to be a more prestigious uh, tournament than the FA Cup. So their managers constantly talk the FA Cup down yeah. as, a, as an inconvenience for them at a very difficult time in the season when the, when the Champions League starts. We've got five teams in that are going to start playing Champions League football in February. Of course they're going to moan about fixture congestion. Oh, the FA Cup, we don't want replays. Who the hell are they to dictate to the rest of England what should happen in a fourth round if you get a one-all draw I, I think it's it's top heavy and it, it really really annoys me the FA Cup is the greatest cup competition on the planet and it still retains its romance and its excitement and kids are here today having paid two pounds or five pounds to watch the game quite possibly their first ever game yeah. and they will get the bug and it will ensure the future of this uh, football club and it's really really important and it really gets my goat when people knock it Clearly, <laughs> the, frustrating, the frustrating thing is people do buy it though as well because the, the gate today will will tell you that and the gate up and down not just here the gates up and down the country will say that people have are prioritising other games over the FA Cup but what frustrates me is we get to a quarter final away at Arsenal or Manchester United or whatever we get to a semi final all of a sudden there'll be that clamour for tickets so the, the the beauty of the FA Cup comes roaring back as soon as you get to the latter stages I think for a Premier League side um, it, I do understand people sort of prioritising other games you've got Man United here every other week so on and so forth I think for a club like Watford for us what you're looking for probably is an away draw where you can get together and have that sort of day out with your, with your mates perhaps take your kids on that first away day but maybe go somewhere you haven't been before and you get that little that little buzz of excitement and adrenaline in a slightly different way um, I'm really excited about today. 
on a, on a different level, on a sort of more, more pragmatic level, it's an incredible opportunity for Watford to get their season back on track, to get a bit of much-needed confidence back in, get some get some um, game time for some players who are struggling for form. So not just is it, it's important because it's the FA Cup and we hold it very dear, but it's an absolutely pivotal moment in our season and we, we don't just need, we demand a, a decent performance today for all of those reasons. Well, let's see how that performance goes uh, and right after the jingle, it'll be the end of the game where we will discuss it. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. We have now at the end of the game, back where we were outside the Hornet shop. Uh, Watford winners of the FA Cup third round game against Bristol City. Watford three, Bristol City nil. I make that five three on aggregate against Bristol City this year. <laughs> Goals from Carrillo uh, late on in the first half. Deeney with a can I call stooping it a, header. a stooping header? Stooping header is good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leaning. Leaning header. Uh, well, I finished off with a third goal from uh, Etienne Capu doing something good for his uh, his transfer fee, hopefully. Mike, let's check where we were. We, we came, you know, last week we went the podcast after Swansea. It was a bit dire. It was a bit, a bit low, to say the least. We only lost 3-1 away at Manchester City. And the vibes coming out, especially if you listen to, to Andy's little mini podcast he did this week, Things were all right. They were better, weren't they? Better. Yeah, I mean, after the first 40 seconds, um, I mean, <laughs> when we went 1-0 down after, I think it was 38 seconds, was it, officially timed that? I think the entire Watford supporting universe, shoulder slumped, and probably to a man, girl, woman, whatever, said this could be 10. Um, because they, uh, John Stones missed a sitter straight afterwards. Um, but then we missed a chance to equalise. And yeah, as the game went on, um, having had a, pretty much the worst setback you can have away at Manchester City, I think they did well. They created chances. They stayed in the game. I think Man City were at, in third gear probably throughout and Aguero missed a number of chances. But we very nearly made a, a grandstand finish of it at the end. So I think credit where credit's due. As you say, we came out of the Swansea game and I think everyone felt a little bit numb we weren't no one was cross no one was shouting there was no gnashing of teeth there was that sort of uh, despondent um, uh, resignation wasn't it it was incredibly depressing um, that we weren't more angry in fact but yeah credit's where credit's due it, we did lose we didn't come away from it with anything Andre Gray got his name on the score sheet which is which is good which will, hope, which will hopefully help him moving, moving forward into a very very important game against Southampton next week so all things considered, having gone behind, you know, you always want to take something out of the game, but we didn't take any points. Having gone behind so early, we came away with some credit and, you know, with our heads held high, I think. And I think you said that the ending of that game was probably the more important thing than, the, than taking out the game. To come into this game yep. against Bristol City, um, not being in the... I mean, if we'd played Bristol City after the Swansea game, God, you know, it might be a very different beginning and maybe a, a different attitude throughout the whole game. But we came in in a, in a slightly more positive place, Colin. And you saw the team sheet. Um, I think FA Cup third round team sheets either look very young because they're playing the kids or they can look like very second string because hey let's put a few players in there we're we're trying to uh, get off the books how did that team look for you though? That looked like a potential first 11 Premier League side perhaps it's a surprise because there are players like Sinclair and uh, Felivi's been on the bench recently and you thought maybe he would would go that way but I don't think that's Silver's style I think he he wants the FA Cup it feels like it's a, a way to showcase the club and and and, uh, and and give us an adventure. You know, that's what the fans want. They they don't want to come here on a freezing cold January afternoon and see a load of kids get beat by a championship side. So he didn't go down that route. He played Kapu, which may or may not be about putting him in the shop window. Uh, he had a decent game. He scored a pretty good goal. So uh, uh, job done there. Yeah. Uh, but apart from that, he he played Wagyu and Cabaselli, which is clearly a partnership he likes and is interested in developing. 
Uh, and that's a really important thing about the defence. And, and, and almost when I saw that, that starting eleven, the fact that that defence was pretty much unchanged for a good couple of games now, and seeing that, that Wage and Cavaselli in the, in the centre, it was important, I think, for them to get to those more minutes together. Even though not against the Premier League side, it was important for them to, to keep bonding. Yeah, and absolutely right. And we saw cleverly in Decore in the side, which I think may have surprised some people because you think, well, you know, perhaps we should give one or two, one of them a rest. But uh, he wanted to win this game, and, and so set out to win it. The only thing that I would say, and, I, and maybe this is again slightly controversial, is it seemed odd to me that he brought Dini straight back into the side. On the one hand, you can understand that he's missed four games, and this is a, a, a bit of an easier task for him against the Championship defence. But on the other hand, I would argue that if Andre Gray is, is able to play to the last minute of the City game, get his goal. You think, well, well, stick him back in, and and if he can get a hat trick today, he's up. You know, he he's got that momentum, and that's what strikers need. And to drop him today, okay, he might be saving him for Southampton, where he might get another goal. But it seemed an obvious moment to say, go on, Andre, go and you know, go and take this defence to pieces, and let's let's get some goals in you. Because what we it, have got though now, Colin, is that two uh, two Premier centre forwards have got goals in their last two games, so they'll both be champing at the bit. You would assume in training to to really vie for that starting position, and I think that's that's what this Watford side desperately needs. Is we, we'll get to the we'll get to the belief, we'll get to the confidence. What they need now is hunger, and I think that I think that's hopefully what he's doing. I, I, I think it's a good point, and it was a gamble. I think if if Dini had struggled today, then I think we would have been saying, well, come on, it was a chance for Andre. But I think now they've both got goals in their last outing. Let's so hopefully it'll give them both a rocket and a bit of desire. To, to lead from the front in training especially from, from Troy's point of view because we said said before about how important he still is to the side and I think he big part of that is the off, off pitch stuff and I think he really needs to start showing a bit of leadership now he's he's balled up by getting sent off a couple of times so he's kind of in the bad books if you like he's in the negative column if he's a, in, in, if you're looking at profit and loss in terms of his contribute, contribution to the side this year so I want to see him take that goal and, and use it as a and nurture it and, and use it as a springboard to, to kickstart his season not just on the pitch but in terms of his father figure type role that we that we attached to him I would have I was Marco I absolutely know about the momentum that you want for, for Gray but Dini hasn't played in a month and if he was to get injured if Akaka is the one to go you need Dini having scored and, and played some sort of football uh, midfield while you said how it was fantastic seeing um Cleverly in Decore. It was great seeing uh, Kapu have a good game to help him with his transfer. <laughs> the, 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 oh, no, fair as well. I know we're sort of saying <laughs> we're joking about that. It's a bad joke. No, it's not. I know what you mean, but I think when, when players come in, what you want, what Colin said, we don't want to get turned over by a, by a Championship player. I think pretty much everyone out there did did what we expected of them today. They 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 turned in the sort of performance that you'd hope a middling Premier League side would deliver against a team that's challenging in the Championship. We made them look pretty ordinary. They they had a couple of chances on the break in the first half they did look dangerous that was pretty much snuffed out early in the second half with the, with that second goal but that, I thought that was a really professional performance from everyone out there and I think we do we have we have been down on Etienne Kipu for a number of reasons and I still think he is one that's likely to go but I think credit where credit's due we're, we're quick to to be downbeat and, and upset when things don't go away so that was a tricky little tricky little tricky little um, fixture there and I think they've done really well I was just thinking how good does it feel just a routine win just turn up <laughs> yeah. get it done get a double you in the column and move on to the next without any without any nonsense without any jiggery pokery no injuries no suspensions they just got the job done in an efficient way and I think they can go into the week now confident and with something to build on yeah the, the other thing that was that, that was good to look at I thought were the two wide players so uh, Carrillo was out on the right and I know I've talked about him pretty much every time 
I'm on this, but <laughs> I do think that he is one of our improving players. In each game, he seems to come into the game. He seems to be more influential. He does this thing of drifting into central yeah. positions, which I think really helps with your lone centre forward that he feels that support. But also, he scored a goal today, and that's uh, I think his second goal in three games or something. So. He's starting to, to figure a bit more in our minds when, when the game is played. But also Pereira, I thought, on the left side, with Richarlison having a breather, uh, I thought it was his most influential 60 minutes uh, in a Watford shirt since he's come back from his second injury. He did start to look quite tired, but he'd done a fair amount of running. But when I was in the SEJ today, which is not normally where I sit, right near the front, so second half I got a really good look at Pereira. What you notice is his, his positional play, the way he anticipates the play. So he sees the ball in midfield, he moves into the space inside, then the ball's played out uh, to the right-hand side, so he comes back over, he comes in behind the fullback. He's just He's always on the move, he's always looking to be in an optimal position where if he gets the ball he can create some damage, some havoc with it. And it was great to watch him today. Uh, I was talking to someone at half-time saying that he's not quite confident in his body yet and he doesn't really like the, the physical side at the moment because he's worried about going down again or his knee or his leg or whatever it is and I thought today was a good outing for him and hopefully he can start to stop he can start to stop thinking <laughs> about the injuries they can fade into the past and he can start thinking about going forward and playing the football that he he can play because he really is extremely classy I think that's a big question over prayer is will he ever be be free of that that fear over his body I think there was you know plenty of rumors swirling around about his fitness when he when he joined us and why he left where he left to come to come here so I agree it's a, I think it was a good outing for him today and you're starting to see you feel so much more positive after a routine win and another two words that you feel <laughs> you forgot how good they feel clean sheet <laughs> yeah Absolutely. when was the last queen sheet uh, when was the last clean sheet Mike I think we did uh, I mean 86 87 <laughs> season I think it feels like it was the uh, it was West Ham I think no it was Newcastle the week after yeah three nil away at Newcastle but the West that was two clean sheets in a row but it was a very long time ago because Pereira I sort of that's where I sort of saw him playing this season but because of the rise of Richarlison maybe that sort of made him play maybe not in his strongest position and it felt like he could be that drifty in and, 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 and run at them a little bit and make his room and ping some balls in and hit the crossbar from uh, as he did uh, did today I mean that's the frustrating thing about our recent run it doesn't take much for you to see the glimpses and see the positives in all the in all this squad we know how talented it is so it's very quick that we've flipped over to start with seeing the good good side of things today and remembering what we like so much about these players Um, I think we need to realize and and be honest in as much as the Bristol City have evidently got there yes we'd give ourselves credit we we did a professional job and didn't really give them any opportunities but I think they clearly had their mind potentially on their on their trip to Manchester City on, on Tuesday and take add into the mix the fact they're challenging for automatic promotion or at least a playoff. So this is very much down their list of priorities and I think that was evident in their in their performance. It was a, a gear four at, at, at best from them. I mean that's why I think it encapsulates the frustration talking now so positively, how quick we are to be positive yeah. and we're right to be, but they need to they, they, those boys out there need to show more of what we like about them when the going gets tough. I'll tell you what I've liked. I, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about mm, disharmony in the squad. Was there really any hunger? And had they, had they lost their unity? And, uh, but if you read what they're saying, the players on Twitter, people like Andre Gray and, uh, and Richarlison's humorous tweets, <laughs> um, uh, but they seem to be very positive about what's going on. They seem to have overcome that, if that even existed. It might only be in the minds of fans, but they seem to be talking a good game on social media, the players, about how they're working hard and getting back in and go again and this massive game against Southampton. They're, they're, they're talking it up. So I don't think that the doom and gloom that we felt uh, just before Christmas with the four defeats on the trot 
against teams that we'd kind of hope we would get points from. I don't think there is a kind of malaise necessarily. We may have overcome that. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. These are professional players who earn lots and lots of money. Their job is to come into training and work really hard and fight to get in that team. And there is a lot of competition for places in this squad. So, so hopefully that unity and that togetherness and will we'll, we'll come back now in the spring and, and, and kick us on. I think that's. I think that was quite evident in the in the celebrations. Actually, they they were quite sort of unified and there was quite a lot of them involved in in the celebrations. And you might expect them to be fairly muted in a in a game that they're very very comfortable in but a lot of the players were joining in and making sure that they you know, cleverly got all the plaudits for the for the cross for the Dini goal and lots of high fives and handshakes and I think that's I think that's a fair point um, but yeah I think I, I do think they have to build on that now they must 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 use that as a platform because all too often in the season so far They've had good results. They've had sort of opportunities to draw a line in the sand, to move on and to have a good week in training and then go and perform. And quite frankly, they fluffed their lines far too often. I think that was a very, very, very important win today. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased. I really, really enjoyed watching them. Um, it's great to be back at Vickery Road. Fair play to the, the crowd as well. I think the 1881 did a good job. It sounded like they were showcasing a couple of new a new ditties over there in the corner. So fair play to them for, for keeping going in the, in the cold. I think 13,500, decent enough crowd. Really good day in the office that really really good pleased proud uh, and happy again one thing we did talk about in the last in the podcast last week was the Graham Taylor 72 minute applause yeah. uh, kicked off again today which was, which was great as you heard last week I'm a big uh, big fan of that what was telling for me Lee Johnson joined in with it today on the on the Bristol City bench he he picked up on what was happening and obviously he's got he's got family links with with Watford um, so he joined in he understood it and joined in and I thought that was a that reinforced to me how important that is. People an opportunity to pay respects to, to GT. So I just thought that was a, a nice little nice little touch from him. But also it uh, yeah it, it it spoke to me a little bit and said yeah we're on the right lines with keeping that going. We should push on with that uh, as much as possible to the end of the season and then maybe have a, a rethink. What we don't want is as we've said before we don't want it to sort of drift into this kind of half nothingy thing. Well, I half no- I noted today the trouble is at the moment everyone's wearing gloves. <laughs> so a clap sounds like a do, 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 do. so that's why it doesn't feel quite as energetic as it did previously just because there are more gloves being worn in these, these bad yeah, weather sure. gives me great pleasure to welcome once again to uh, Michael Parkinson, Arlo. Arlo, I have to uh, apologise. Why do I apologise? Where are you? In bed, enough, and it's fine. I don't really care. You don't care. All right, well, thank you for joining us anyway, especially seeing as it's past your bedtime now. Watford have beaten Bristol City in the FA Cup today, so my question to you today is, who would you like us to play in the next round? Definitely not Manchester City, because they'll knock us out. Mm-hmm. It would be nice and Easy team. Everton. Everton. Oh yeah, they didn't. Liverpool knocked them out, didn't they? They did. Oh, I would like to play them. Stoke. They've lost as well. Oh, West Brom. West Brom Challenge. Okay, and what do you think the score would be against them? 4-0. 4 to Watford? 4. No, not 4. 3-1. Lovely stuff. Thanks very much for joining us. Bye-bye. See you later and see you tomorrow. We're back in seven days. Watford haven't got a game for seven days. Seven days off. 
it feels like it's been a long time since we've had a, a, de- a team's had a decent break to to re-energise, to, to refocus, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, I mean, we talked uh, we talked about the top bit after the Tottenham game, wasn't it? When we were just about to catapult ourselves into the festive period, it turned out pretty much exactly the opposite as <laughs> as how we wanted it to. I think it was it was disastrous. I managed to switch off really from from football over Christmas, and I'm and I'm glad I did because I think uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was uh, it was a pretty diabolical period for for yeah. Watford. We need to be standing here next week after, if not a three points, a solid, decent, cohesive, energetic performance. Our season otherwise is in grave danger of of disintegrating because if we lose against Southampton, a team who quite frankly look like they can't buy a win either. Other teams, it's crazy results going on. It's incredibly tight. You look at the table, we're still 10th. We're 10th in name only. You know, we're miles away from I think it's 8th place. We're sort of 8, 9 8, 9 points away. We can forget that. We're looking down the table instead of up of it, which is where we never want it to be. Um, but Aren't we, are we smack bang in the middle? Like 5 points off the of red we're we, five we, points off no, eighth place. I know I disagree, John. I know you're. I, I just think we're looking at. We're in danger. We're teetering still. We're still teetering on the on the precipice. We could be a point off. Uh, you know, so we could be a win if we don't beat Southampton. We could be three points off the out of the relegation zone or something like that. And once you're down there, it's it's very very difficult. And we've seen, we've seen that when the going gets tough. It doesn't exactly bring the best out in this bunch necessarily. So far this season, there's been plenty of opportunities for them to to uh, to prove me wrong. But what I'm getting at, I st- I've got a big, big red circle around Southampton on Saturday. We've got we've, we've given ourselves an opportunity. We've given ourselves a base today. They have to perform well. I don't think we're going to get any. There was I hope that we might see Firmino back um, in that game from the injury update that we heard from Marco Silva before this game. It sounds like he's still still some way off. There was a there was a, he could have got some minutes today or there was a behind closed doors match in the week and you'd have expected him to, to feature in that if he was going to be back. So I think that what we've got is what we've got. Um, we might see some people coming in in the transfer windows. Big game coming up. I think the good thing is that as, as supporters will come into it feeling refreshed after today. We've got a W next to our name for the first time in a long time. Some goals on the score sheet, a clean sheet. No reason not to go into it optimistically now, but we've got to make it count. Colin, what do you want out of that game? against Southampton apart from three points what's the most important thing you want to see happen on that pitch I'd just like to see us return to the sort of performance we had at the beginning of the season where you feel that uh, that unity of purpose and and, uh, and a belief in each other I think what's happened is that the, some of the players have lost confidence in themselves as individuals but actually what they need to forget that and start believing in the players around you and let them believe in you and that way you create a kind of a unity of purpose and a togetherness which is what we saw when we played against, I know it's over again, but yeah. when we played against Bournemouth and Southampton and when we went to Swansea and West Brom, we were 2-0 down. There was a real sense that we were going to come back in that game and we did. Uh, so I'd like to see that. I, I, we've got Leicester after that away. So again, you know, having just beaten Leicester, it'd be nice to, to repeat the trick. But uh, I agree, I agree totally with Mike. If we, if we don't, if we only get one point from these next two games, we'll get swallowed up in the pack because teams below us are only one, two, three points below us, and we will drop down to 16th, you know, in a heartbeat. Uh, we've managed to maintain our position in 10th, which is, I think, is it, well, it's it's bizarre, and also it just gives us a false sense of where we are because we're not there. Yeah. Uh, we need to get over 30, once we get over 30 points, then you think, okay, we're on the downhill now. Um, it's a shame that we're even thinking that way because at the beginning mm. of the season we weren't really thinking that way. We were thinking about oh, we you know we get to 35 points at Christmas and or you know New Year and but so we're back in it and we've got to show a bit of fight, a bit of spirit and uh, and, and get those points. So I would say if we can, God, if we kickstart any other team season 
again yeah. at this football ground <laughs> I will go literally mad we've done it for Huddersfield we did it for Swansea we did it for Brighton yeah. uh, but the Burnley one is, is, is fine you know they're a good side and that was that was a creditable 1-0 defeat with 10 men but the other games you know we've kick-started these teams we should put our foot on their throat and yeah. keep them down in the relegation and what, let them worry about each other but they come here they get a win they go oh look we started well it's a kickstart and I, I can't bear to see that again and if we do that against Southampton I literally I might have just have to go and hide away in a cave somewhere until <laughs> May and someone can tell me what's happened but um, I, I think that I, I feel more optimistic and not just because of t- the win today but also the new year and uh, as I said this kind of the sense of a, a new attitude coming out of some of the things the players have been saying and things that Marco Silva have been saying I feel like we should we should give a good performance uh, of ourselves on uh, on Saturday against Southampton and hopefully get the three points and then we can take that on to Leicester. I've got a, I've got a wider concern not just about the the uh, position and the potential relegation fight or or mid table safety because you know over the Christmas period I said I switched off I didn't really I lay at home thinking about how we were going to fix this blooming <laughs> mess we got ourselves into but we're in severe danger of of having three exact see, replica copies of the same season great start. Lackluster Christmas, dreadful second half. It's happened twice. It's looking like it might happen again. I'm not saying it will. I desperately hope it won't. If it does, I think we're going to have it, it. It won't just lay. It will lay difficult foundations for next year. If Marco Silva departs, which I think it probably he probably will, I think players will follow him. I think we'll struggle to hold on to Richarlison and Decore, and that, that's fair. I think they're far and away our best players. And if the right money comes in and the right opportunity for them arises, then it's difficult to see them not leaving so then we're shorn of by far and away our, our most talented players we're then a club who new coaches will look at and think right there's something going on there because that happened in year one that happened in year two and that happened in year three so we need to attract a head coach and I think alright a head coach is going to be out of work so they'll probably take the job it's in the Premier League it's well paid but at the back of their mind there's going to be this this thing and, then, and, and in terms of what we've always said is if we can play this well in, in Premier League season one incrementally improve for, for season two and so on and so forth it's easier to attract players you don't have to throw wages at them you don't have to throw signing on fees they come because they can see the progress they can see what can be achieved and I think if we have another carbon copy of the last two seasons it doesn't feel like we've made any progress in that in that respect at all I just think it's going to be hard for us to attract those take away Richarlison and take away Decoro from this side and what would we have achieved and I, I have doubts as to if we'd be anywhere near the points. And yes, we've been unlucky with injuries, but I think there's a hell of a lot to play for for the rest of this season, not just to stay in the division, not just to achieve a decent finish in the Premier League, but for our future as well. I think we really have to show that we are a progressive and progressing side. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with that. I think that's absolutely bang on. And I, I think the, the evidence and the proof that supports that view is that you look at clubs like Stoke and West Bromwich Albion who have been, uh, they're referred to as established Premier League clubs because they always finish somewhere between 9th and 14th. But there's, uh, and you could throw Swansea into that as well. There's, if you don't improve exponentially every summer, you get yourself in trouble. And West Brom have changed managers and it hasn't helped them. And Stoke's currently keeping their, their manager, but have sold one of their best players in Anatovic. You see the slide. Our club is not as big as those two clubs and they are not as established as, as a Premier League club. And the danger is that we can slide like them. And Swansea the same. Change your manager, change your manager again. Sell your best players, change your manager. And slowly you slide, like Villa did, like Newcastle did. You slide down and you're gone. And then you've got to fight your way back in. And I don't want to see that happen to us. And I, don't think it, I don't think it will because I think we've got a really clever 
owner who's steeped in football and understands exactly what I've just described. So I, I can't see that happening. But it would be nice to have a head coach who we think is good and who wants to be here. And the problem at the moment is that we had Mazzari, who none of us wanted, and so eventually he left, and that was the right decision. Then we got Silva, who we did want. Depressing and frustrating, because if he had committed himself to us and said, I'm definitely going to stay for those two years, then you feel you can create some sort of springboard for the next guy that comes yeah, in. Yeah. But at the moment, it does feel like Groundhog Day. And if he goes in the summer, we start again with a new coach. He comes in at pre-season, doesn't know the players. We get beaten by a championship club in the League Cup <laughs> because they don't know the players. You know, and it's just been so nice to have a bit of continuity just for at least two seasons. But uh, that may happen. We don't know for certain. If we have a good second half yeah. and good players come in now, maybe Silva thinks, actually, you know, I need to achieve something here. I need to show that I am the coach that everyone thinks I am. And then maybe I'll move on. Because I do think that he's in danger of being one of these itinerant coaches that just goes from club to club and never really wins anything or gets anywhere. But if he stays and actually gets us into the top half of the division or into the top seven or eight, then maybe he's setting himself up also to springboard himself up uh, the, the football ladder, if you like, and, and take on a, a much bigger club. So I, I hope that's what happens, that he stays, does pre-season, we get more players in the summer and he you know, he kicks on. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see. There's all there's all to play for. We've been quite negative. Oh, well, I have. I've, I've dro- Never! I've dragged this <laughs> I, I was Not negative, Mark. You've been, you, you are, <laughs> you've been caught. You, what you sound like is a, um, a, a football fan who has been burnt the last couple of seasons and I think you're just on that back foot because you just don't want to happen happen again because oh, like you say if it does happen again it yeah. is a slide down and it's it's just not wanting to happen again and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that I want the best for our football club we talked about unity and we've, we've, we've stood recording this outside the, the Hornet shop how good is it we've just seen uh, Wagyu yeah Wagyu go in and buy some stuff and we've now got um, uh, Decore with his family uh, just sizing up the. Uh, he's trying on the home shirt but his kids he's saying what about this one fellas and, uh, well I don't think he's going to buy anything I really hope he's going to buy anything well, at least it's staff discount I know if he does yeah. I think it's absolutely magnificent to see those guys yeah, what going what name would you like on the back oh Dini please <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening from the Recreando. We'll be back next week after the Southampton game. Hopefully uh, some amazing uh, analysis of a positive and a brilliant professional performance from Watford as we saw today. Get in touch uh, via social media at Watford Podcast on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook or drop us an email podcast at fromtherecreando.com. Thank you very much, Colin. Happy New Year. And uh, thank you, Mike. Oh, you're welcome. Come on, Watford. Uh, and uh, thanks to Andy for the special little mini podcast this week. We'll see you in seven days. Come on, you odds!